0: Welcome to another episode of Bright Headed Publishing, Patio Book Book Club. I am your host, Kelly Morgan. I'm happy to bring you author Jonathan Gatsby. Now, Jonathan is an esteemed publisher and an American author best known for his young adult fantasy series, The War Between Angels and Gods. His religious upbringing inspired many of his writing as he infuses biblical elements of angels and demons and combines them with deities from various civilizations, creating a literary thriller. He is with us today to talk about his book, The Beast and the Four Demigods. Welcome to the book club, our newest member, Jonathan Gadsby. Gatsby, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and being a part of the book club. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing great. Doing great.
0: I'm excited to talk about your your book, The Beast and the Four Demigods. I always like to find out you know, from authors their journey on how they became an author. Sometimes I think we want to be authors and we kind of ignore it or we try to push it to the wayside, but a true author, it always comes out. So I'm interested in your journey on how, how you began to write these books.
1: Okay. Well, uh, multiple things that were involved in the writing of the books. Uh, one aspect would be two teachers, Miss Dolan and Ms. Nolan. They uh, inspired me to start reading with uh, books such as Johnny Tremaine, uh, which of Blackbird Pond, um, Time Enough for Drums, Sign, sign of the Beaver. Uh, another aspect would be uh, I started getting in a little bit of trouble. Um, I was, you know, back and forth. I was living in California and Alaska. So, uh, you know, um, I had two personalities, I guess, you know, one getting, one getting in trouble, with John, and then uh, the other one was, you know, trying to do good, John. <clears throat> but I was Locked up for fighting. Uh, This case, I was actually defending somebody else um, that was getting bullied by somebody, and I I ended up getting arrested. And um, so when I was locked up, I started reading Harry Potter. Um, That was the only book on the shelf left um, when I was uh, in juvenile. So I started reading it, um, read book number two first, then one, and then I read number four, and then I read number three. And I liked it so much, but it ended. you know, I didn't know there were more books in the series because that was all they had at the um, center and so after reading, I was like, well, you know um I want to start writing, you know cause i, I mean, when i when I was reading I could you know uh, it was like I wasn't where I was at, you know um, uh, whether I was in school, whether I was at home, uh whether I was locked up in the juvenile, you know, so it was a chance for me to escape you know and not be there. And so I figured, well, if I can do that in reading, how much more can I do that in writing? And so uh, I asked the guard, Mr. Green, for some paper and, uh, and a pencil. And uh, he gave me the paper and the pencil. The center didn't allow erasers, so I had to write perfectly, uh, because there uh, weren't a lot of erasers, so the pencil didn't have an eraser. Um, and so I, just, I began writing, and that book was the World War Three one, which I began. The original theory, uh, the, the original book concept was Escape from Juvenile, <laughs> but uh, uh ended up becoming World War Three.
0: And is that book published?
1: Um, <clears throat> it was published. I pulled it back. Um, it's being edited right now. The editor keeps getting sick. She's really good. She's the best editor I've came across, and that's why I keep it with her. But she keeps getting sick, uh, and so... Uh, it's taking a little longer to, to get out than I would planned. Um, all the books that I had published, uh, except for, except for "Force and the Heavenly War, um, had to get republished because the editing jobs that I paid for in the beginning, they weren't uh, up to par. Uh, they, they were decent, but you know, $100, you know, $200, $300 jobs. Um, and, you know, so it's not the whole thing, the whole package like I'm getting with Emily. Uh, M- Emily Greason lives in Australia. Uh, I, I realized <clears throat> a lot of Americans, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an American myself. Uh, a lot of Americans like to scam, you know, uh, have a, uh, they put themselves out as what they're not. Like, hey, you know, I, I like English, so let, let me um, <clears throat> start an editing business. Uh, not understanding that for book editing, it takes a lot more than just, you know, uh, basic English, you know, punctuation and stuff like that. Because in, in editing, you got to line editing, copy editing. Um, you got to sit back and um, you know find words you know that, that, that aren't that aren't right. Um, you have to find uh, parts that uh, run on sentences. Um, there's some paragraphs or sentences that shouldn't be in there. There's some there's some parts even that might not be good in, in the part where it's at, but it will fit better somewhere else. And you know, that's what the editors would be looking for, stuff like that, and then communicating with the author. They weren't doing that, just basic, you know, punctuation editing. And right. I, I I didn't realize that until too late. And so um <clears throat> and I, I read the book so much writing it, I didn't want to read it again after, after I had to it. Edited. Uh, and that was my biggest mistake. And um so I um so I uh, pulled them back and I re, um, had them re edited. I spent years looking for a new editor. Um, I, I sold a lot of books in two months. I, I put the books out, sold a bunch of two months. And uh, now I, I kind of knew the editing job was back. When I finally got the book and I started reading, I was like, ah, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Um, and the World War Three book, um, that one was the first one I pulled back, and that was 2017. I was actually signed to another publishing company for that one. Um, I thought it was a traditional publishing company because that's what they put themselves off as. They put them the They off.
0: were not. Were they at Vanity no. Press?
1: Yep, Vanity Press. Um, and, uh, you know, I was asking questions. And, I'm, you know, me, I'm I'm, I'm asked questions. And um, I, I specifically asked them um, <clears throat> before signing the contract. I said, okay, um, I said, book sales, I can do that all day. I said, I, I could sell somebody their own toothbrush. Uh, I said, so that's not an issue. I said, my issue is, um, are you guys going to be setting up book signings? Um, are you guys going to be setting up book clubs? And I said, are you guys gonna be doing uh, marketing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we got that we got that. So um uh for the first issues I noticed uh, was with the the book cover. Um they're trying to come up the, the first two covers this year crap. And um and I looked and I was like, No, um I'm not even a cover artist. So I you know I, I went there and just got on uh, on on tools, um, on photo tools and started playing around and I made a better cover than they did. And so I told they probably them. Probably didn't put a
0: lot into it, though. They probably didn't put no. a lot into your cover.
1: No, they didn't. They, what they actually did um, on the final cover they did, they, they all they did was grab two pictures off the internet and put them together. And the sad thing was, there was another vanity press that was trying to get me, um, and they're trying to get me to get out of the contract. And they actually went and found both photos and showed them. And I was like, wow. And it was it was a poor cover even with that. And i so so. Uh, you know that was the first issue. But I was gonna let it slide. Um, <clears throat> second issue, <clears throat> that being the first book I'd ever written, um, there were spaces where I took breaks, um, long breaks, um, like years. And um, you know, I might have forgot like a certain timeline, or forgot I had something going on. And um, you know, uh, and they didn't catch that. They didn't catch certain parts that uh, you know that didn't match, didn't didn't go together. Like um, uh, like when I uh, I wrote, uh, okay, you know, uh, he got locked up on. Uh, October uh, September 11th, right? And so I'm like, okay, yeah, um, you know, boom, boom, boom happened. He was in it for two days. And then, but then when I'm putting the day he got out, it's October 11th or, you know, October 2nd, you know, that's, that's clearly not two days.
0: (laughs) Right. And they're not catching that.
1: Yeah, no, because they did a basic punctuation edit, a cheap, what happened is they paid now, a lot of these vanity presses what they do they'll um they'll have their friends um who know a little bit of English you know um uh do the editing to pay them a hundred dollars something like that uh, cover artists you know the um, any 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 fool can use you know basic uh you know uh, photo you know photo apps to, to, to do a um, a cheap cover and put stuff together um and so uh you know that, that's basically what they did and um, I didn't like it and um I still let it slide and when I got the books, I, I immediately went to hit the ground selling them, um, and I was selling those books left and right. It was called Fall of the United States, and I noticed some people, you know, obviously Republicans, <laughs> they didn't like the title uh, Fall of the United States. Um, and the big the book hit all the weaknesses of the United States. You know, cocky nation. Um, you know, people that hate each other inside of the nation. You know, and uh, any nation with this division, they, naturally, they're always going to fall. Um, normally it's from the inside out. Rome fell from the inside, Greek fell, Greeks fell from the inside, you know, um, Persia fell from the inside, Babylon fell from the inside, all these nations fell from the inside first before other nations were able to come from the outside and get them. And, um, yeah. and so I kind of hit it from the detail from that, you know, where uh, the funny thing is a lot of stuff that happened in that book and I wrote that book originally in 2002. Um a lot of things that were happening in that book actually were ha- started happening in real life. <laughs> um, and is that
0: book published?
1: Um you still can buy it. Um I pulled it, I'm upset about that. I pulled it back from the market. Um uh, uh but it's still available. Um but I put it at a high price if so nobody would buy it. <laughs> <until> I <laughs>
0: so I always find that authors always have stories just like yours. Um how they, you know, went to go publish their first book. They got an editing job for two, $300. It wasn't right. You know, yeah. the book's out there. They have to pull it back. You know, so when you, if you could go back and tell yourself then what you know now, what's one misconception you had about publishing a book before you actually published the book?
1: First, the first thing is to read uh, uh, to make sure you read it. After you edit. The second part is that if the editor's not contacting you during the editing, they're not doing the job because they're gonna have questions, um, you know, for you if they're actually editing the book. You know, uh, do you think this word would be better here than that word? Uh, you know, stuff like stuff like that. Uh, uh, this part, you know, uh, like Emily, she'll, 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 Emily does stuff uh, I've never seen before. She um she'll uh, send me like a, uh, uh, like three emails in one email um, one will be, will say okay um, um this is um, you know it, it explains it like you know okay because she's from Australia so she gives herself you know list like instead of mum it's mom you know instead of this word it's that word you know she's, she's making sure she has all the words uh, from, uh, from uh, Australia transferred to English words so she's not like, mixing them up um, then she t- explains that, okay, this highlight, the blue highlight means this, uh, maybe means, um, uh, it's this part needed. The yellow highlight means, uh, this part needs to go. Um, the red highlight means this is a run on sentence, a green highlight means something else. Um, um uh, a purple highlight means, you know, uh, that she, that she just loved the part. Um, something like that. So she explains it like that. And so when I go through it, um, the, and then the next one will be the actual book and with the highlights. Um,
0: <clears throat> right, so she does what I would call, she does what I would call a comprehensive edit.
1: Yeah. Where she does she
0: does it all for you.
1: That's the one thing I don't have a problem with. Uh, my story is normally complete. Um, the only thing that uh, on mine is that, that uh, will be problems is sometimes i have run on sentences or sometimes I put too much and she'll have to take some out.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's get into the book. So tell me about this book. You said that it's the third book of a seven part series. So, and this book is called the beast and the four demigods. So Mm -hmm. if this book is a series, can, can you give us a little background on what this series is about and where we are in this series with book three?
1: Basically, the book originally started out being um uh, Zeus versus Hercules. Um I just you know I was like 17 I just, uh, uh no no I was in college so I was 19 maybe 20. I just thought it would be cool to make a book, you know, Zeus versus, Zeus versus Hercules. And um so I started writing that took it to the English professor um after I thought it was done, <laughs> you know, it was five pages. <laughs> um the, the first book that I wrote for this for the for that series was five pages the first book that I wrote from um, for, um, the World War Three series, I took the, the five-page one um, to the professor and I let them read it and they gave it back to me um, after reading it. And brutally honest, uh, he said, this is crap. They said, uh, <laughs> they said, uh, <laughs> she was like, you know, you got two choices. You can throw it away or you can use it to try to make it a graphic novel. And then she said, uh, what it is is action, 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 action. There's no dialogue. There's no uh, leading up to scenes. You know, none of that stuff. It's just action, action, action. <coughs> so she gave me a, um, a, um, a graphic novel that was Romeo and Juliet, and um, I it I loved it. Um, the graphic novel that was, that was pretty amazing. I, I didn't like the the screenplay Romeo and Juliet. Reading that, but uh, reading uh, but reading it in the graphic novel form was pretty awesome. It actually made me like the book. <laughs> and so um, so uh, I, I had thought about it, and uh, I, I still made the decision I wanted to write a full novel book. And one, because I, I don't like being told I can't do something. So if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to try harder to do it. I started from scratch, threw the way started from scratch, and um, <clears throat> kept some scenes. And um, started writing again, but then as a preacher, um, you know, uh, I was very advocate on not believing something just because. This is before I became a preacher. I, I was very advocate on not believing something just because my parents. Believed it. You know, um, I wanted to study it for myself. You know, I wanted you know all this stuff, and, and I you know I came to the decision, um, and I, I you know I won't discuss why, but I, you know I, I knew in my heart that God was real, and you know, and then one day I got called to preach, and so I um, you know I accepted it. I started preaching. And I, I studied everything with an open mind. As as a musician, um, I played for over eleven different denominations, and so you, the first thing I noticed was that they all had an article of faith that differed from each other. And I said, okay, um, you know, if, uh, if and I, and I learned, you know, if, if I'm a if I'm a Baptist, if I was ordained Baptist, um, that doesn't count if I go over to Church and God in Christ. Um, I got to get reordained. If, if I go over to non-denomination, I, I got to get reordained again. If I go over to, you know, Southern Baptist or, um, you know, to AME A- or, you know, else, I got to get reordained again because they're not all one body. So they don't consider the other ones valid. And so I said, OK. Um, and, you know, so I started studying, you know, um, you know, if that was correct, um, you know, uh, well, as far as. You know, being be a different body, uh, something not being valid. If you're ordained, cause I, you know, in my understanding, if you're ordained by God, you're ordained.
0: You're ordained. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. <clears throat> and so I uh, started studying that. And the first thing I started coming across was like, a, you know, Corinthians 1. Uh, Paul says, he says, uh, um, you know, some of your, uh, he says, uh, let everyone be of one mind. He said, let everyone, uh, uh, he said, let there be no divisions among you. Let everyone be of the same belief, have the same mind. Um, and that everyone's supposed to be together, you know, as one, he said, uh, and then he went on to say, you know, um, some of you are saying I'm, I'm, with Paul. Some of you are saying I'm with Apollos. And then some of you are saying that I'm with Barnabas and some are saying I'm with Christ. He said, is Christ divided? He said, uh, he said, no. You know, Um, and so, uh, you know, I started looking at that stuff and I'm like wait a minute you know that that's pretty much saying you know um that the whole body is supposed to be together as one uh, not not in all these different divides and then so then I then I looked at uh the, how they were running the church in, in acts how they were running the church um doesn't matter where you're at whether you're in uh, you know Acacia whether you were uh, in a uh, Galatia whether you were in Ephesus no matter where you were. Uh, whether you were a Gentile or a Jew They had one Church body council and that was it um, And if they disagreed As they did in Acts 15 um, So they were fighting so hard uh, That they, uh, they, they couldn't come to an agreement So instead of just Breaking off and saying alright I'm going to start this denomination And I'm going to start this denomination What they did, they all went to the council To the church council And they left to the church council to make the decision And uh, So I said okay um, and you know, I started talking to some 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 pastors about that, and they get upset sometimes. <laughs> and they say, uh, they're like, "Oh, you know, uh, you know, we got our own beliefs." And I said like, "Well, I said the Bible's before that the same beliefs uh, on Christ." And um so "Oh, no, no, you know, it's interpretation. You know, uh, we all have our own interpretations." And so I went back and studied it from that aspect, and came across First Peter chapter one verse twenty, where it says, "Know ye not that uh, no man hath any private interpretation of any scripture's prophecy?" and I said, okay, so we can't have our own private interpretations. And uh, then I went to look at, you know, uh, like the parables. Um, Never did Jesus ever say a parable and not give you the 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 definition of it. When he gave the parable to sower, right behind it, he gave you the definition of that parable. When he gave the parable of the, you know, of of this, he went right behind it and 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 gave you the definition. When he said, "Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees," and and the um. And the disciples were talking among each other, trying to trying to figure out, you know, what it meant. And they said, "Oh, it must mean bread. You know, it must mean this." Jesus turned around and said, "No, I have a specific definition of what I said. And and what he was saying, he said, I was talking about beware of the doctrine of of, of the Pharisees. So everything he says in the Bible, whether he put, whether whether it's a parable or not, he always gave an understanding of it, and it always had one meaning. And um, and so you know, stuff like that. So I started um. Studying, studying, and studying, and um, and then I started catching some stuff. Um, uh, like uh, there was a there was a verse which I'm having trouble finding again that said uh, it says um, uh, what does it say uh, it says um, some it said you worship angels and you know it not, and I kind of caught my attention and um, and then uh, in Revelation chapter nine verse eleven. This is the one that initially got me searching on it. And I found out I was wrong on what I originally thought, but I found out other verses said what I what I thought it said. So uh Revelation chapter 9, verse 11 it says, um, and the angel of of the bottomless pit. <laughs> um no, I wasn't wrong. Um it says the angel of of the bottomless pit. It says uh, um uh he's the king of the bottomless pit, you know, the king of the locusts. Um and he's known in, in uh, Hebrew as a destroyer. And it says in Greek, uh, and the verse goes, the angel, him, uh, who's, who's king over the bottomless pit, um, in Gre- who in Greek is known as Apollyon. And so I went and started researching Apollyon and I was having trouble finding anything in, in Greek on Apollyon. And then uh, a while back, I did find um, Apollyon, one of the names that Apollo went by. And. I, just more research, uh, I found out Apollo actually didn't become the sun god until the 5th century um, after Christ's death. Um, they, they made him the sun god after that. Um, but before, uh, before that, um, Apollo was known as just a destroyer um, and known for music and bows and arrows. And he destroyed with locusts. And then I saw, you know, looked up Abaddon again. Abaddon, you know, the king of the bottomless pit and also the king of locusts. Uh, and he was also known Hebrew as a destroyer and so that you know the deafness is matched um, you know all together um, and so you know that kind of sent me on to look at more stuff you know you got one verse saying you know um, that you worship the angels and you got this verse saying that that badness pretty much Apollo um, that uh, the, um, the angel of badness is pretty much the Greek god Apollo and so I was like, okay. Um, so I went to look up more stuff. And Job it mentions uh, Ryan, the mighty hunter. Um, uh, it, uh, it mentions uh, it mentions a lot of Greek uh, uh, names. It doesn't mention Ziz, but it mentions the other ones. Um, uh, it mentions Leviathan. It mentions um, I'm about to say his name wrong. I'm gonna leave that one alone. Uh, the, the land beast. Um, uh, I, know, I know the name of mine is blank But it's, it's a land beast uh, So mighty that no one could destroy it um, Except God uh, He mentioned him in Job um, Job I want to say Job 38 or Job It's not Job 40 I don't think It's either Job 40 or Job 38 that it mentions him uh, The other beast You got Leviathan in, in Job 41 You got the other beast in Job 40 Or, or Job 38 and uh, you know these are all Greek beasts um, that that are in Greek mythology. Um, and so uh, you know I was looking at that stuff, and then uh, started looking at these other verses. Um, uh, Paul, um, uh, you're familiar with Paul's journey, right? Uh, how he's going through Greece, he was preaching in Athens, preaching in other places. And Ephesus, Ephesus is a Greek city, um, as is Colosseum, uh, And so, uh, so uh, he, uh, Paul. Is preaching in Greece and then he says something that catches my attention Paul says beware lest any man spoil you through vain deceit uh, lest, um, lest uh, any man cause you to lose your reward through worship of angels um, and he's preaching in a place um, <clears throat> where the only gods that they serve were um, you know Zeus um, uh you know hera um uh, athena uh you know the greek gods and, he, and he's going through telling them you know uh, beware lest it um you be deceived by the by the um by people telling you to worship and you're and it's, you're worshiping angels um and so i said huh and then so i uh i found some more scriptures in genesis chapter 6 um uh, you know everybody's familiar with the greek gods you know how hercules came about perseus um, you know the Greek gods would come down and they would uh you know have a uh, relations with women and you know they would have children and, and they'd be born and of course uh what were the features of, of demigods they were strong and they were powerful and you know of course you know the whole world would know them uh so in Genesis chapter 6 it says when the sons of God sort of said um, that when the, when um when uh when uh, men began to multiply in the face of the earth it said uh you know men you know they were they had wives and they were having children, and they had daughters. It said when the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were fair, um, they began to take wives of them, and they would come down unto them and have relations. And it said, and um, and it said in those days they were giants. And it said, and when they had children, they were mighty men that would always be known. And I said, Oh, um, you know, as you know, that, that coincides with what the Greek gods were doing, you know, with the um, you know Norse and all that stuff. And so I said, you know, uh, tying it together, um, you know, we believe in angels, right?
0: Hmm. Most people do.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. As Christians, you know, uh, people were supposed to believe in angels. Christians, um, uh, that you know, how can we believe in heaven? You know, how can we believe? Because in... you know, there's Christians that don't believe in heaven. Did you know that?
0: Yes, I did know that.
1: Yeah, there's Christians that don't believe in heaven. There's Christians that don't believe in hell. There's Christians that don't believe in angels. You know. Uh, I know a lot of people would think I was crazy <laughs> uh, in church. You know, if I told them, "Yeah, you, um, yeah, I, I just talked with an angel. I just saw an angel," uh, you're crazy. Uh, you know, and uh, that, that, that's a lot of their mindsets. Uh, you know, it's, if, if they haven't seen it themselves or or it feels powerful, it's impossible. That um, is true. And so, uh, you know, if we believe in a- angels, you know what's so hard to accept about angels that were cast out of heaven down, you know, posing as gods.
0: So does that tie in to the book, the beast and the four demigods? So are the, so all all these characters that you came up with and that all kind of stems from all these things that you learned from Mm -hmm. the Bible, all of these verses that kind of caught your attention.
1: Oh yeah, believe it or not, Lucifer is mentioned in Greek mythology. Um, Lucifer is the son of Astros and Eos, um, two Titans. He's a uh, and get, guess what his definition isn't in 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 uh, in Greek. The morning star. The the definitions match perfectly in, in all. Of them. Um, uh, and so it's uh, you know, you know, with, with all those things going on, um, you know, I say yeah, I, I, I can tie that together. But let me put it in a fiction way. I wanted to get my you know studies out that I found you know the. Because what, what that was, uh, these connecting points are showing there that, when that everything is related. Um, you know, it's shown that you know, and I you know, I don't have how, how do you put it? Um, you know, outside of the scriptures that um, that, that that I told you, um, and there's a few more that I can't think about off the top of my head, but outside of the scriptures that I told you, um, and Greek mythology and stuff, with them all you know, cross crossing uh, um, characters, you know. Um, um, the Greeks got the same beast that the Bible has. The Bible is the same beast that the Greeks have, that the Norse religion has. Um, they're cross resting characters. The Bible represents Apollo. The Greeks talking about Lucifer. Um, you know, uh, uh, it's you. You can find a connecting points, um, and a lot of people won't like that, and it's controversial. Um, if you tell the Christian church that, they'll, they'll, they'll try to hang on a to stake today. <laughs>
0: but the books are, but the books are fiction
1: yeah they're fiction, exactly but yeah, they still don't like it um but in the in the book what i have it as i have all these as the fallen angels the, um i have uh and see zeus and then wouldn't have been around during the original uh, revolt because inside of greek mythology zeus is not the original uh zeus is the son of chronos who was the son of, of of uranus um and so uh so uh Zeus and what weren't there during the original revolt, but what I had was Odin, uh, Uranus, Ra, and all of them as the original angels that fought with Lucifer against God in heaven and were cast out down to earth. And when they're down on earth, you know, um, they're starting to get in disagreement and stuff like that. So what they wind up doing, they wind up splitting up in a different section. Ra takes his family over here by Egypt, you know, Odin takes his family um, away from Earth uh, to, to Asgard. Um, and, you know, and so they split up and of course, Lucifer winds up getting cast in, in, a, in the bottomless pit. And so Lucifer's in the bottomless pit. And so, um, you know, these other ones are pretending to be gods on Earth, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, what ends up happening is God and the, uh, the Greek gods um, help uh, in Ragnarok, um, helping book Ragnarok, uh, which caused the destruction of Asgard. Um, and so they, they've been reforming old times because uh, angels according to the Bible don't die. But, you know, they reform um, and so uh, so they're re- they're reforming um, and and then, uh, you know, the Greek gods, um, they end up getting put in prison for what they did on, on, on Ragnarok. Uh, God uh, puts them in, in, in a prison. And again, it's fiction. <laughs> uh, and so they get they get put in prison and um, and so and then Ra and them just kind of go and just disappear, uh, to, you know, go silent because they saw what happened with the Greek gods and all that stuff. Um, and so Lucifer, af- after a time, he's finally released him, uh, from from his prison. He's on the Earth doing his stuff. Um, he's released from the bottom of space He's on the Earth doing his stuff. But he realizes um, it's getting close to the time uh, for them to be cast in the, in the lake of fire. And so what he does, he goes and bargains a deal with the Creator. He says, he says, okay. He says, um, he says, uh, look, how about I bargain a deal? Um, uh, we know we can't beat you in a war, but perhaps we can. You know, win a tournament. If we can win one tournament out of seven tournaments, uh, we can escape like a fire. So the creator agrees. And so the first book, The Beast and the, and the Four Demigods, that's that's the first tournament. Um, uh, Lucifer and um, uh, Odin and them aren't there in the first one because they're still they're still, uh, they're still uh, reforming. They come in the second book. But um, it was Lucifer and the Greek gods. Um, they were released in their prisons and they come back and... Um, and so uh, they the beasts they picked for the first tournament to represent them was uh, uh, Chiron, the great centaur, son of, uh, uh, son of Kronos, uh Arachne. They also picked uh, Fenrar, the great werewolf, and Leviathan, um, the male original dragon uh, serpent. And so uh, the, those are the four beasts they picked. Um, God, what, uh, what happened was a. Uh, Upon uh, you know prison, imprisoning the Greek gods, um, the creator bound all the powers of the uh, uh, you know of the demigods that, that were on Earth. Um, and so generations are going by, and you know, and eventually the, the, the families, you know, it, the the is is forgotten. You know, nobody nobody knows the demigods. And so what happens that uh, these four high school students that live on the south side of Chicago, um, two live in the suburbs, one is homeless, and one is uh, lives in the ghetto they're all four going to school and you know they're trying to get graduated you know and, and you know how chicago is you know it's a pretty rough city and uh so they're trying to graduate school and then um they each find out one by one methodemic guys they know who each other are you know um but as far as interacting you know john had liked Jasmine already and um he had been trying to talk to her but uh these four are brought together um uh, as they learn their demigods and they, they, they didn't know they were demigods prior so they're actually learning to use their powers as they're going through the tournament uh michael michael the archangel is trained and gabriel is, is as well and um and so in the first tournament uh you know of course whoever whoever is the last one standing wins the tournament um you know if, if all the beasts are killed first um the demigods win if all the demigods are killed first the beast win, and then that means the greek god will win that tournament but um Obviously seven books the Greeks didn't win one. <laughs>
0: so that's just the that's the third book so after that after first, this book that's the first book right yeah
1: yeah and so the next book after that is called forced the Heavens War and what happens is, is um in this book um the demigods um, are a little distraught two of them actually died in the first tournament and um and so they're a little bit distraught. Um, they're not looking forward to the second one. Um, uh, Jasmine's suffering from like PTSD. You know, uh, the first tournament really got them, um, and um, and so it's causing problems. John and Jasmine started dating in the first one too, as well, and so it's causing problems in their relationship. Uh, they're both starting to act different because of the tournaments, and um, so in the second book, what happens is um, uh, you're, uh, you ever heard of the the, the magicians? Uh, uh, David, David Blaine and Chris Angel. Yeah. Well, in this book, you have Chris Blaine and David Angel, completely two different guys. <laughs> they're uh, <laughs> they're, the, they're the sons of Lucifer, and um, <clears throat> and what happens is the demigods have to compete against them in a tournament. Uh, in this tournament, and. and what it is, the um, 73 beasts are released from the, from the labyrinth, which is the, the the prison holding cell, onto the earth. And the demigods have to um, have to kill them to put them back into the labyrinth. And so whoever kills the most, um, uh, you know, obviously wins the tournament. Now, the catch is um, they can be killed as well. You know, the beast country, the beasts are obviously going to trying to kill them as well. Um, and so they... Uh, you know, so if the other team dies, so the ways to win the tournament, you either kill the most beast or the other team dies, and you can attack the other team as well. And so um, I gave it a little twist though. Um, you know, the just like the demigods didn't know they were demigods, Lucifer's sons didn't know they were Lucifer's sons. They knew they had magic, because they're doing magic around the world. But Lucifer isn't exactly the best dad. <laughs> it's, <Yeah>. it's, uh, <laughs> so he wasn't there in their lives to help raise them. Um, and so they find out, you know, as the terms come up that, that they're his sons and Lucifer is not like, you know, like others, like, you know, he's not like a normal dad would be, you know, so he, he, he doesn't care anything about his kids. Um, you know, it's, you know, do what I say or I'm, or I'm going to torture you and hurt you. Um, his kids didn't want to be in the tournament. Um, uh, uh and so what happens is they actually went and tried to uh, set up a plan with the demigods to, uh, to throw the tournament. Um, and Lucifer found out and Lucifer took his sons and put him in Tartarus for a week and he tortured them and the torture in, in Tartarus is whatever your worst fear is um once I don't want to give away too much of other tortures but I, they got tortured on the pre, pretty bad you know so when they came back up um they were never going to disobey Lucifer again ever because they didn't want to go back to Tartarus. And um, so they hate the demigods because the demigods didn't help them uh, get away from Lucifer and get out of the tournament. And so, and yeah, so that that was a twist. And um, uh, and so now they're after them, but now they're also after each other. They hate each other too because Lucifer had them play tricks on each other while he's training them in their powers. And so they hate each other as well. So they they actually want them separate. And um, so in that book, you know, a uh, few more demigods get added as well because. Uh, uh, lucifer as everyone knows he, he cheated <laughs> Luc- lucifer can't do nothing right can't can't be fair he tried to cheat and he got caught and so uh so the demigods were able to add a couple extra demigods um and so uh and the, the ones that were added was a uh, destiny uh, she's actually a daughter of thor who they're who they're fighting against because thor is now they're they're reformed and they're on the other side um and so she's the daughter of Thor, and then uh, Caleb and and um, and Talitha are um, are um, children of Apollo, and so they they joined the tournament with the demigods, and then Thor and them and and the Greek gods they got their own issues going on because um, Thor and Odin them were upset about Ragnarok. You know they 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 knew the Greeks um, played a role in, in what happened, and so they actually went to Greek um, to, to they went to to Greece to war with uh, the Greek gods. And then that's when they found out about the tournament. Uh, still didn't want to let it go. He wanted to fight Odin. So, uh, so after after some time, Odin eventually let the two fight. Um, um, they, they, they fought it out for a little bit, and then when it finished, uh, you know, they called a peace treaty um, so they can do the tournament. And so, and so uh, they, uh, you know, that's the second. That's the second book. Um, so the Greek gods and, and, and the Norse gods are fighting with each other while the tournament's on. And uh, then the and then the um, the the are fighting with each other as well, because John thinks Jasmine's acting different, and Jasmine thinks John's acting different, and John's a little jealous. Um, you know, Jasmine was showing a little bit too much compassion towards Lucifer's sons, and too worried about them. And John's just trying to win this tournament. He knew that those demigods would, would eventually try to kill him. He knew it because those are the tournament rules. And so he had no compassion at all. He was like, you know, we need to kill them. And then Jasmine was against that. She was like, "No, uh, we're not going to kill them. You know, we, we need to try to help them." John was like, "No, uh, Michael already said we couldn't, so we're not going to help them." Um, and so they're fighting over that, you know. And then other things come up, and they ended up, break, they ended up breaking up. Um, you know, and they they got back together, together a couple of times, but they kept breaking up. And um, just like I said, the tournament changed them both, uh, and so, uh, so you know that that's what's going on in that one. In the third book, um, I'm i was almost done with it and i'm so mad about this i lost my um i I just flew down from alaska um uh probably about 25 days ago to california i left my laptop cord up there um so the book that i have is on my laptop i don't know when i did it but i saved part of it on google so that was smart (laughs) i did save part of it on google um but uh for the most part um the, uh, most of the book was gone um, I had a flash drive too and I lost it somehow and so yeah so I, but the good thing is, this is the good thing um, when I started rewriting it it came out way better and things hit me that I didn't even think about the first time um, that book I'm loving where that book is heading right now um, and that book um, and excuse the names but I had to make the books uh, um, you know, like mind catching Um, So in this book, it's called The Quest for the Forbidden Books. The demigods have to find three books um, that are forbidden, you know, obviously for humans to see. Um, uh, The tournament is set up by Odin. Um, Oh, I forgot. In in the last book, there was a split. Odin and many of the Greek gods um, and Ra joined the tournament, too, in the last one. Um, There was a split. Um, They weren't getting along with Lucifer. And so... There ended up being two sides now. So now they're splitting tournaments. Odin and all that follow him um, will will, um, will run one tournament. Um, Lucifer and all that follow him will run the other. So Lucifer will do a tournament, then Odin. Lucifer, then Odin, you know, until until the seven tournaments are done. Um, and so Odin's running this tournament. Um, and he set it up. For, they have to find three other forbidden books um, that are hidden in, in, you know, very dangerous places. One is the book, um, they have. Uh, one of the books is called The Books of All of God's Creations, where it talks about all the creations he made in the entire universe. Um, another book uh, is called Man's Second Fall from the Garden of Eden. Uh, Sammy got kicked out again. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's another book. And then another book. And like, even when I thought of the name, I was like, dang, like, what if that ever does happen? <laughs> it is a, the other book is called The Universe's Beginning and End. You know, like, what if God decided one day, you know, uh, what if God had it planned out, you know, created the universe, and then one day he has an end for it. And uh, yeah. you know, we cease to exist. <laughs>
0: well, the book series sounds wonderful. Now, I know that you had mentioned that you had pulled some of the book back. So what books are available on Amazon?
1: Uh, in the Heaven's wars available as well as The Beast and the Four Demigods. The only book still not uh, but you still can buy World War Three. Um, um, that one I had to re- re-edit it re-edited and it still wasn't good enough. And so um, uh, when I read, when I got it, and read it, and I didn't. The cover was alright. The cover wasn't that bad, but I could have got a better cover. I wanted the cover drawn. Um, and so I, I pulled it, but they're still selling it for some reason, uh, and they won't take it down. So. Uh, yeah, over time, they'll sell out of it. Uh, Ingram stopped printing it, so over time they'll sell out of it. I guess they ordered a bunch. When the the book does come out, I'm hoping. I wanted it to come out by next month, but like again, it depends on the editor. Um, she's extremely good, but only thing is she gets sick a lot, uh, and so you know, I'm hoping that she's like right now. I haven't heard from her in a couple of days, and so I'm, you know, worried that she's back in the hospital, um, and you know. Her health comes first, obviously, you know.
0: Right, uh, right. No, I, I get it. I get it. And you want the the editing is like a really important part of the book. So yeah. I completely get it. I want to thank you for uh, joining me today on the podcast. The book series sounds wonderful. It sounds like you took a lot of things that you learned out of the Bible, a lot of Greek mythology, and you kind of tied it in together and made this wonderful series of books and it sounds really good i'm intrigued so definitely all of the links to the two books are available will be in the podcast description um when you when you get that next book done if you want to come back on the podcast and talk about that you definitely can you are now officially a member of the book club you're always welcome back
1: (laughs) thank you so much all
0: right thank you for being on the podcast Thank you for listening to another episode of Bright-Headed Publishing Patio Book Book Club. I have been your host, Kelly Morgan. We just wrapped up with author Jonathan Gadsby. As he told us about his book, The Beast and the Four Demigods, now available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Next week, we'll have a new author and a new member to the book club. I thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Until next time, keep writing.